Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Uh-oh, did I test this microphone before I started to make sure it works? Humble Farmer here, and that was Scott Hamilton, of course, and, and uh, Dave McKenna. It is the talk of the town in Mattawamkeg, Maine. You probably read about this. Two selectmen might have violated state law when they met with a state trooper who interviewed them as part of an investigation. Did you know that for two selectmen to talk things over constitutes an illegal meeting? Because in these rapidly changing times, they might not even be called selectmen anymore. Would the lightning bolt of justice continually crackle over two selectmen who were married and simply whispering in bed? Imagine, if you will, the following tableau. I'm done, Chief. I've booked these two slackmen. Okay, Pete. Put them in two non-contiguous cells so we won't be written up for creating an illegal meeting. The great John Fison, backed up by all kinds of good people. Who's that bass trombone I heard at the end there? 
David Cianci, and arranged and conducted by Jim Levendis. I talked to Jim earlier today. He's down in right outside Chadsford, King something or other. We had a real nice, nice chat. I wanted to talk with him because I was so impressed with the changes he wrote for these tunes for the John Thyssen. Long, long time radio friend Eden says, When I call the front desk at my kids' elementary school, I can instantly hear their irritation if I begin with, Hi, how are you? They want me to get to the point and hang up with no dilly-dallying. And what Eden says is true. I answer the phone with, Robert Skoglin, what can I do for you? If they say, How are you? They get silence because they haven't answered my initial question. Unless it's my doctor who really wants to know how how I am, why, I don't see any need of saying that. In other words, you called me and we are at an impasse unless you tell me why you called and what I can do for you. My hands are tied until you tell me. I want them to say, Hi, this is Arnold next door and I think you'd like to know that you forgot to take in your 1935 homemade wheelbarrow last night, and if you don't get it under cover, it's likely to get weathered. When my brother wants to tease me, and he's calling, you know, give me a number or something I need right down, he always says, got a pencil? Just because he knows it annoys me. No, I don't have a pencil, but I'm going to type it into my computer as soon as you start talking. Snarl, snarl, snarl.
Scott Hamilton here on the Humble Farmer, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here on your favorite station. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I hate to say this, but you're not being nice to my wife, because she, she jumps up and she looks like the cross-eyed dog on one of those old booth cartoons because I scream every time I see the LOL you wrote on my Facebook page. I have mastered RSVP and ASAP, but this LOL is a new one that's going to take some time to get into harness. Other peeves? Yes, I have other peeves. Include... I have something here I'd like to share with you today. When they mean, hey, come over here, I'm going to tell you something. Have a nice day. Hey, have a good one. How are you? And of course, I'm stuck with how are you in several languages, but there is no excuse for not saying something a bit more creative in your native tongue. Why? Tell me this. Why, why, why does the girl behind the counter in the bank say, How are you? When what she should be saying is, Hey, uh, will you please limp over here so I can help you? Now, I don't go into the bank to discuss the condition of my health, but when anyone says, How are you? I say, Sick, tired, old, feeble, weak, hungry, and so on until I'm out of breath. Because I've been married for over 20 years, I know my place. 
and I do not move from my station behind that rope in the bank until the clerk finally says, May I help you? L-O-L. Father Hines, whom I had the pleasure of seeing in 1957 when he was playing with Pops Foster in San Francisco. You might remember those days. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Tell me who you used to go and see back when you were going to see people. We read in the newspaper, not all good 
Well, not all news is good. This is this is not not good news, but it's something I think we should talk about. We read in the newspaper that a young girl was killed when she agreed to meet with the accused, accused for the purposes of obtaining some marijuana. Dozens and dozens of people wrote to the newspaper praying for the girl's family and providing a horrendous catalog of punishments that should be handed out to the killer should he be convicted. But I didn't see one person who dared to mention in their comments that she agreed to meet with this subject for the purposes of obtaining some marijuana. Let's put the shoe on another foot and see how it fits. If a bad guy attacked Hillary Clinton when she stepped out back of the White House to buy some weed from him, do you think that those same readers would pray for her soul or say that she brought it on herself? Thank you.
Scott Hamilton. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. And you have heard a lot of hate talk, bad-mouthing, wind generators. Some people don't like wind generators. We shouldn't have no wind generators. Why are they bringing them wind generators into Maine? And, you know, some of us have seen quite large wind generators in Dutch farmyards, right up against the house, right, in, right by the barn. I don't know, but I would assume that the thing generates all the power for the farm with the excess being sold back to the power company. And perhaps the farmer tolerates the noise that we hear so much talk about because of the cash it brings in. Just like I tolerate the smell of cow manure because it makes my radishes happy. Because, to my way of thinking, an even better system than the wind generator is going solar. My friend has told me many times about his former partner in Canada who has covered his many huge warehouses with solar panels. And here my friend waves his arms, hundreds and hundreds of feet, big, big. The way I understand it, the government made it well worth his while and... Like a power company, he is now selling electricity and making money with the thing. Capitalism at its finest. Why shouldn't we, each and every one of us, be making our own electricity with solar panels and selling what we have left over?
Dave Frischberg on, on piano, recorded probably 45 or so years ago, when most of us were younger than we are today. Thank you for listening. If Democrats are now much further to the right than the Republicans of 1933, and Republicans are now much further to, to the right than they were in 1933, the Republicans must now subscribe to what political philosophy of 1933? Hmm. We read in the Encyclopedia Britannica that back around 1933 there was a radical totalitarian political philosophy that combined elements of corporatism, extreme nationalism, anti-liberalism, militarism, and authoritarianism. They gave tax breaks to the rich and discriminated against gays. They nearly always had more money than their opponents and moved with greater ruthlessness, although at every step they claimed to be the defender of law and order. You can believe that the industrialists were naturally in sympathy with this political party that stood for lower wages, no unions, and fat padded contracts. If all of these things sound like the Republican Party of today, think about this. Perhaps we should now call Democrats Republicans and call Republicans something else.
Scott Hamilton here on The Humble Farm with Dave McKenna. I really, really enjoyed what Dave McKenna played. Eh? <laughs> Two things go in both hands. Are wives annoying? Yes, they can be. I'm going to repeat that in case you want to call somebody over to the, closer to the radio so they can pay attention. Are wives annoying? Yes, they can be. A woman riding in a car will turn to her husband and say, If I'd known you were going to stop here, I, I, I would have used the bathroom there before we started for home. If that's the only unreasonable thing your wife does all day, you are smart enough to marry well. But you know men who, for reasons best known to themselves, are drawn to women who, shall we say, present a challenge. I wondered why a man who had been married to a very difficult woman for forty years, upon her demise, immediately married one who was obviously pretty far off center. One day wife number two is as nice as pie to her neighbors, and the next day, without warning or any apparent reason, she'll get in their face and scream. One must assume that the same pattern is probably repeated in the privacy of their own home. Now, I don't know about you, but I could not live with a refugee from Carl Jung's couch. I asked a mutual friend how this fellow could bring himself to marry a woman who was, unfortunately, very likely to get him into some kind of trouble. And she said that after what he'd been through, he should have known better not to marry anyone at all. A fairly intelligent, educated man will usually marry a woman who is smarter than he is. Unfortunately, being intelligent doesn't keep anyone from being two points west of bonkers, so I have been very lucky on that score because over 87% of my wives have been very smart and very reasonable. As long as I always reminded them to go before we got in the car.
Tatum. Of course. I mean, you knew that was Tatum. I didn't mean to insult you by <laughs> saying the obvious, but that clarinet player isn't mentioned on this particular disc I have. And I listened. I said, who in the devil is that? The more I listened, I said, I bet that is Tony Scott. You hear the breathy sound that he, he was getting there? If that was Tony Scott... Let me know. Tell me, tell me. Yeah, that was Tony Scott. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. And I only have one thing by Tony Scott. It was on a Lullaby of Birdland 33 LP that I bought 60, well, not that long ago, over 50 years ago, though. It was the first LP I had, and that is the same sound that I heard years and years ago. Well, you I don't want to hear about that. I missed out on a demonstration the other day because I didn't know about it. Have you noticed that demonstrations are much like funerals of old friends and that very few people know about them, which is why they don't turn out larger crowds? When I was in graduate school, everyone walked counterclockwise around the quad to protest the Vietnam War. Just because I didn't believe in protesting, I walked into the crowd and stepped over bodies of students that were blocking classrooms, you know, by lying in the corridors. Being a conservative main man, I didn't believe in protests. But had I known there was going to be a public protest last Saturday, I would have been there because what we get to eat is a very important issue to me. And even if I'd been the only one there, I would have dressed in nothing but my barrel and I would have waved a sign. And I, I might even go to Rockland on the next sunny day and walk down Main Street in my barrel carrying a sign that says, Sorry, no one told me about the protest. Otherwise, I would have been there. It is my belief. Now, this is why I would protest, because it is my belief that there are companies that are moving us into dangerous and unknown territory. And that as a result of their experiments, in a hundred years from now, mankind will be walking about with a new type of DNA. We read that scientists are preserving types of seeds, you know, in case they're needed in the future. Perhaps a handful of uncontaminated people should also be saved on a modern-day Noah's Ark, you know, so they will be a human race in the deep future. Now, I'm not a scientist. I know nothing of the chemistry involved. But when you start messing with something that can change the DNA of human beings, you are on thin ice now. I really hope I'm wrong. Thank you. 
Scott Hamilton on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening with Anil Kadal. I'm here every week this time playing old-fashioned music just for you right here on your favorite station. Now, I don't smile much, but my wife smiles enough for both of us. You've seen Marsha, the almost perfect woman, and you can't imagine her unless she's smiling. Some people do not naturally smile, and I wish I naturally smiled, but I don't. There was once a man in this village who was always smiling. I can't think of him, but what I see his smiling face, always grinning ear to ear. He'd steal the coat off a blind man's back. One time, a woodpile out in the forest disappeared. That smiling man's tractor tracks were very clear in the mud beside where the woodpile had been. Now, this happened 60-so years ago, and they were talking about it at the local store. And one man said, Here you lost some wood. Other fellow says, Didn't go far, did it? 